0: Looking at the chaos all around us, it can be hard to see God's grand design. Some pieces are easy and familiar, but some don't seem to fit. And a few pieces appear to be missing altogether. So is life just random? Is God really in control? Does he see something that we don't? time and patience and trust in the designer of life itself, we'll see that God has all the pieces carefully laid out. And there will be a day when everything will come into focus, and we'll see the wisdom, the perfection, and the beauty of all that God planned. Merry Christmas, everybody. That was so lame. (laughs) I'm going to try that one more time. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's what i'm talking about if I've met you before my name is grant. I did an interesting social experiment this past week I bought some coffee cards. I positioned myself in a coffee shop And I would walk up to people and say i'll give you a coffee card if you'll answer one single question Can you tell me the christmas story? That was the question. Can you tell me the christmas story? I went in with no expectations whatsoever I just wanted to hear how people would respond to the question. Can you tell me the christmas story? I had 10 cards And nine out of the 10 people who answered my question talked about Ralphie, a Red Ryder BB gun, a leg lamp with stilettos and fishnet stockings, and at some level said, you'll put your eye out, kid. Nine out of 10 thought that was the Christmas story. The one person who talked about Jesus, Mary, Joseph, shepherds, and wise men wrapped up their little story and said, I better have gotten this right, and if I didn't, it's your fault because you're my pastor. (laughs) The Christmas story that nine out of ten people went with was not really what I was hoping for or looking for. It's not what I was searching for in that moment, but The result of my little experiment actually underscored the fact that I don't want you to walk out of this moment without knowing or hearing the Christmas story. Two out of the people that I talked to, actually when I asked the question, can you tell me the Christmas story, responded with which one? I said, whichever one is most important to you. And they still went with Ralphie. So let's do it differently. good news of great joy that will be for all of the people today in the town of david a savior has been born to you and he is christ the lord and this will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising god and saying glory to god in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That story changed the world. And whether or not the world will recognize that that story changed the world, to the people of God, we can testify that that story changed the world that moment was all wrapped up with such beauty there was so much happening and i want you to know i have nothing against the christmas story movie in fact i like it I like Ralphie. I love the Red Ryder BB gun. I love the statement, you'll put your eye out, kid. I will say that to my grandchildren someday. But that's not the story that we want to talk about today. We read that story, and let's be honest, we all want to make it a little bit more picturesque, right? We don't want the barn smells or the reality of childbirth crowding in on our perfect little Christmas and nativity. There's something inside of us. We want Mary to be pain-free. We want the baby to be perfectly quiet. We want Joseph to be kind and attentive. And we just want the shepherds to be a little cleaner. We want the scene to be sanitized. But the reality is, the reality is the backdrop and the characters of the Christmas story, they were anything but clean and tidy. In fact, if you think about it, the reality of the Christmas, the very first Christmas, is that it was very much like our world right now. The world at the time of Jesus' arrival was filled with tension and war and conflict and taxation and infanticide and government pressure and displacement and financial struggles and long journeys. Their world then is the same as our world now. It's filled with oligarchs and terrorists, political friction and bloodshed. In those days, the Roman Empire was trying to take over everything conflict war and violence that was the normal human experience taxation and and inflation were impacting everybody people were displaced because they were told they have to go back to their hometowns to register with the government there was a plague of pandemic proportions that was ravaging the population as smallpox was ripping its way through the roman empire and king herod was the ruler in charge He was both a heavyweight financial business tycoon with some political clout. He was also terrorizing the people in his quest to become a little G-God. At the first Christmas, people were dying and the whole world seemed hopeless. And then, a Savior was born. Thank God for Jesus. But don't ignore the fact that Jesus was born into chaos. Jesus was born into a timeline that is so similar to our current world. I mean, I don't need to tell you this, but I will remind you, we've got the wars in Israel and Ukraine, and those are the only ones that are still on the front page of the paper. There are so many more happening around the world. Groceries and just living, they cost now more than ever. Political tension is rising, and it promises to keep rising for about the next 11 months or so terrorism continues to perpetuate fear and violence and bloodshed it's absolutely heartbreaking unless you know there's an answer to all of the tension and the fear that we may be experiencing i am so grateful today that a savior was born (laughs) that that savior is still living And he continues to rule and reign. I don't know about you, but I could use a really good Christmas this year. I could use a shot in the arm, uh, uh, an inflation of the heart. I would love for my heart to grow three times as big. We all need to focus on Jesus how and why he came and realized that he was born in the middle of chaos so that he can break through our chaos so that we can be born again into his family. That's the only place you're going to find hope. Think for just a moment about why Jesus came. Try to wrap your head and your heart around this. Jesus left heaven, came to earth as a helpless baby. He limited himself Think about that for a second. The all-powerful chose helplessness as a baby. The all-knowing gave up language for coos and crying. The all-present, all-present God took up about 20 inches and 8 pounds-ish for you. Jesus restrained his power as God became human, lived a perfect life so that he could become your spotless sacrifice. He resisted all temptation his entire life. He fully embraced humanity and deity, and he gave himself on a cross to save me. What? Jesus came to offer you a gift, the gift of himself. Why? Why would he do that? So you could experience his grace, his mercy, his joy, his deliverance, his connection, his purpose, his laughter, his peace, and the confidence that comes from knowing and being known by the very God who planned Christmas. There's an old song. If you grew up in church, you might have heard it a long, long time ago. We were the reason that he gave his life. We were the reason that he suffered and died to a world that was lost. He gave all he could give to show us the reason to live. Jesus was the promised Messiah. He filled every single one of the hundreds of prophecies that were given 700 years before he was birthed. And he brought hope to this time, this period of history, and that hope is still available to each and every single one of us today. You know, there's a line in the Christmas story that's taken on a whole new meaning to me this year. Let me set the stage for just a second. The shepherds are out one night and they're watching over their flock. They're doing what shepherds do. They're they're keeping an eye out for predators. They're they're counting repeatedly. They're trying not to fall asleep as they count sheep all night long. Think about it. And it's late, and suddenly an angel shows up. Some translations say that an angel showed up among them. Can you imagine? Group of shepherds hanging out, sitting on a rock, counting sheep. Suddenly there's another thing there. suddenly there's an angel with them and he's got a message and a backup choir and the bible says they were scared i can't even imagine it and in the middle of their broken world shepherds were outcasts they were not allowed to be with the the nice clean tidy people they're outcasts and suddenly an angels a group of angels show up and start singing glory to god in the highest and on earth peace here was the problem there was no peace here's our problem there's still no peace and that's when Jesus showed up the bible continues when the angels had left them and gone into heaven the shepherds said to one another let's go to bethlehem let's go To Bethlehem. I will never hear those words the same again after what happened to my wife Laurel, myself, and 55 other friends from Christ the King Community Church earlier this fall. On October the 7th this year, a group from this church, many of whom are sitting in this room right now, were in Jerusalem, Israel, with Laurel and I. We were just emerging from the pit or the prison where Jesus was held before his trial. We were coming out from under the house of Caiaphas, the high priest, when we heard air raid sirens. Missiles flew over top of our heads. And truthfully, the world changed for us, actually for all of us in that moment. God protected us through the Iron Dome missile protection system, for which I am very grateful for, and then we walked back to the bus not knowing that there was chaos breaking out in the southern part of the country. We regrouped and Sam, our guide, said to Laurel and I these words. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go to Bethlehem. There are many reasons for that decision, the foremost of which was safety. And with a backdrop of developing tension that was rippling across the entire globe, we went to Bethlehem on October the 7th to the shepherd's fields. This is what you learn when you go to Bethlehem. There's only one set of shepherd's fields. There's not a whole bunch of shepherd's fields. There's only one set of shepherd's fields, and we are right there. So we get off the bus, a little uncertain from the sirens, and we went into the caves where the ancient shepherds would have found the same thing we were looking for calm and safety with questions zipping around our minds and the globe we went into the caves and this is what we did we read the christmas story and we sang silent night this is the picture or a picture of that moment in the caves my friend joy caught that picture the light was coming through the hole right behind me and i thought it was so perfect because we were sharing about the hope of the world the light of the world jesus and we had peace in spite of the circumstances around us we experienced this abiding calm that absolutely defied human comprehension a peace that passes all understanding my friends can i ask you something do you have peace Do you have peace in spite of what's happening around you in the world? Do you have peace? I'm not talking about a fleeting moment of calm when you crawl into bed, pull the covers over your head, and are grateful you made it through another Thursday. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a nap where you just shut the world off and hope it's changed when you wake up. That's not what I'm talking about. Now I'm talking about an abounding and grounding belief that God is in control and that no matter what happens in the world around you, your eternity is secure because you have a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm talking about a deep and abiding confidence that allows you to trust that God has your past, your present, and your future in the palm of your hand and that no matter what happens in the world, your last breath here will be your first breath home. I'm talking about the joy of knowing that your sins are forgiven, your debt's been paid, and that your purpose for living is to fulfill the mission that God has for your life. I'm talking about you actually knowing a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. You can know Him. He already knows you. Don't let that freak you out. He knows you. He loves you. That's why he came. And you can know the God who planned the first Christmas in intricate detail because he also put the same care and concern into planning a life for you. Some of you may be thinking, "I, I don't have any peace like you've described i'm actually a little afraid about the future of the world my eternity is not secure and some of you are thinking i i don't even really think about forever because the truth is i got enough stuff going on right now well can i say this to you you have so much in common with everyone that god picked to play a part in the first christmas Shepherds were scared. The wives' men were searching for answers. Joseph must have been overwhelmed. Mary was exhausting. The world seemed to be falling apart and then Jesus came for them and for you. That's why we're still celebrating. It's Christmas. And as you pull the people that you love close, as you unwrap presents I so want you to experience something more. Please experience all of that, but I want you to experience so much more. I want you not just to experience a present. I want you to experience his presence. God gave his son so you could know his salvation, his hope, and his peace, and I want you to know it can last longer than a single day, December 25th. It can actually last all day year long the bible says if you declare with your mouth jesus is lord and believe in your heart god raised him from the dead you will be saved for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved the scripture says anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame you know the truth is, we all have things in our past and in our present that we may be ashamed of, but Jesus said, all through Scripture, I'm not ashamed of you. I love you. I want to forgive you. I want to exchange your tension for my peace. I want to offer you forgiveness for the past and hope for the future. And I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. I know there are people in the room, it's like, I was i am not coming to church to have an encounter with God. I'm coming to church to get grandma off my back so that I can get my check tomorrow morning in the card. (laughs) But what if there was so much more? What if there was so much more? If you want to truly experience the peace of God at Christmas, you can right now by having a simple conversation with Him, and I would love to lead you in that conversation. Because I remember there's times like, I don't know what to say to God. I just know I'm a mess. God was born into a mess so that He could heal your heart, forgive your sin. And have you understand the real meaning behind the Christmas story. So, if you want peace today, it starts with Jesus, it ends with Jesus, and everything between beginning and end is all about Jesus. So, if you'd like to experience that today with everyone in the room, let's bow our heads and close our eyes just so we can concentrate. And then I'd invite you, if you want to give your heart to Jesus, if you want to fully understand the true meaning and impact of Christmas, would you pray with me right now? Jesus, I don't understand all of this, but I know that I don't have any peace. So I'm coming right now to you. I believe in my heart that you were everything that God said you were. And I ask in the quietness of this moment right now that you would forgive me of my sin. God, I repent. I've lived my life my own way. But now I want to live my life for you. So God, I give you all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my strength. God, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. And so, Lord, on this Christmas Day, the best present, the only present that I can give to you is me. So, God, forgive me and heal me. Give me hope and a future. I pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed on this Christmas Eve morning, If you prayed that prayer, I would never do anything to embarrass you, but I would love to pray for you. So if today you gave your heart to Jesus, you gave yourself to the God of Christmas, would you be courageous and just slip your hand up in the air? Just slip it straight up. God bless you. God bless you and you and you. And God bless you. And God bless you and you. And God bless you too. God bless you. God, thank you. Thank you for a night 2,000 plus years ago that changed everything. And I pray your peace over those who've raised their hands today because you truly are the Prince of Peace. I pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus all God's people said Amen. to those of you who raised your hand we would love to be the first one to give you a Christmas gift <laughs> so after we're done here in a few moments if you raised your hand a group of people are going to come and stand over this screen underneath this screen over here they're called the belonging team the prayer team is going to be over here to my left If you need to pray with somebody, you can come on this side of the stage. If you accepted Christ today, we'd love to give you a gift and nobody's gonna do anything weird. It'll only take a few minutes, but we'd love to connect with you. And so I'm gonna invite you to come forward and stand under this stage with Pastor Brian and some of our other folks. But that's in just a moment. In a moment, we're gonna do exactly what we did in that cave in Bethlehem a few months ago. We're gonna sing Silent Night together but before we do, I want you to consider these words. Silent night. Holy night. All is calm. All is bright. The first Christmas night was anything but silent, calm, or bright. (laughs) It was filled with the sounds of labor, stirred by parental concern, and it was dark because it was nighttime. But just like back then, what we're going to do is not about what's happening around us, it's about what's happening within us. Because my friends, all is silent because only Jesus can quiet your heart. All is holy because of who Jesus is, and he is holy. All is calm because Jesus offers a peace that passes all understanding, and all is bright because Jesus is the light in the darkness. He's the light of the world. God planned a light to come into the world. The light was meant to save and it was all so meant to be shared. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna take a candle and I'm gonna go for a walk. And if you'll grab your candle and make sure that we understand this. When you get light at Christ the King, you share light at Christ the King. So your job is to make sure that every single person has light around you. The light of Jesus was never meant to be kept to yourself. That day in the cave, we did not have a guitar or a piano. We just had our voices. And so today, we're just gonna use our voices. And we're gonna see whether or not God can turn us into a choir, just like one that was here 2,000 years ago. So if you'll stand and start sharing light everywhere. We'll see how this goes.